All right. Can't, can't waste all the time. Welcome to Beerfield. I am your host at Hop In fact, that's not my Twitter handle. At Beerfield Hop with two piece. Uh, as always, joined by uh, Beerfield Theory, uh, and as sometimes joined by Optional Third at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Gentlemen, I feel like Ryan's been on enough now. Like he's missed what one episode since uh, since the last the- visit, yeah. The the official unofficial announcement of our third <laughs> inaugural. Like one day we're just gonna be like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, he's a part of the team now. <laughs> no, he, he already did. It's just an optional third. Ever, we're all optional all the time. That's that's true. Well, not so much. Everyone's you. questionable. Everyone's day to day. Okay, not so much me. You're right. Somebody's... So you're a little more important than me, and and I mean, I love you, Ryan, but he's he's a lot more. Important I, li- than I like us. to keep it that way. All right. Yeah, yeah I'm way down the list. <laughs> I don't know you and you and Dan. I mean, I can do a show with you or Dan, but yeah, I was gonna say I we're on the same level. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at Beerfield, uh, at Beerfield on Twitter. Uh, sorry, a little bit of frog in my throat. Uh, Beerfield podcast on YouTube. Uh, we are presented by FFaceoff, com. Ton of good articles coming out there all the freaking time. Ton of writers that I can't even keep up with, and I'm in the writer chat. That's how quickly content's getting pumped out there. Uh, we got a Reddit all-star with us, apparently. Um, Facebook. Ooh. These guys are absolutely everywhere. Um they have their own podcast too. Anthony Servina, who's been on the show a couple times, does a good job over there. Um, and they are having the mental health podathon. I believe that is July 16th and 17th. I'm going off memory, so keep me honest here. Um, for the Hayden Hurst Family Foundation. So, uh, make sure you're paying attention to FFFaceoff.com or FFFaceoff on Twitter for all the details around that as new guests are announced. Um, you know, for those that are being on and as, uh, you know, various writers and, you know, personalities from around the group uh, release their personal stories. Did I do good? You did great. Thanks. I mean, it's been, I'm. there's been, you know, there's been a few that's popped up. It's, uh, you know, we talked about this last week too. It, it's, uh, it's a very cool thing to, you know, and it's a very brave thing for people to get out there and just make themselves extremely vulnerable um, by just letting the past kind of just, you know, full through in their writing and just explain their story. So, um, you know, props to you guys putting it out there. And uh, I can't wait to, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to be a part of the potathon, but I can't wait to, you know, to watch it and be a part of it to my own extent. And uh, yeah. There's a good group of guys coming on there. A lot of people, uh, Michael Hoff's really been going at it, getting some lot of yes. names out there. Yeah, I saw the lineup from last year, and it was pretty impressive. I haven't seen who's coming around this year, but. Maybe a refresher. Sorry, I was like writing prior to this. What the heck is that? (laughs) Oh, we'll get there. 
Is that Dave? <laughs> that looks like Dave Frey. Okay. Aww. Josh Larky. It's our boy. The Lark. It's 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 actually Davis Mills. We finally got Josh Larky on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a new riff barrel that keeps popping up over his head. Now we're just gonna leave that there for a minute, though. Um, while you look up the the potathon guest, just shout out to our boy Larky. Uh, there's been some stuff going on with uh with FTN. I guess he left rather abruptly, and they were rather uh, unprofessional about it. So don't follow him at Jlarky Tweets uh, on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow. Check out his content. Dude is smarter than I could ever hope to be. Um, if you are looking to get into more of an analytical side of things, he has our coding classes available. Um, ours is a statistical coding thing. Like, I'm a computer guy. I work in IT, and I don't even know all the ins and outs of it. But, um, you know, he's he'll be popping up a lot of other places. He's not paywalling any of his content um, over the off season, So, you know, he's in... A period of transition, but just support him whatever way you can. Make sure you check it out because you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not. So, shout out Mr. Larky on that one. Our boy, the forever guest. <laughs> we'll get him on. I promise. I'm going to reach back out to him. I'm going to be like, all right, it's time for you to jump on the show. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you are my background. <laughs> I don't know if we'll talk rookies at this point, but you're my background we're gonna get him for on. four minutes. <laughs> Did you find that list, Ryan, or not yet? I, I'm on the. I'm trying to like pull it up, but it won't pop up. Uh oh. Okay. Well, if it pops up, pops up. We'll keep removing. If not, I'll uh add that into the prep work for next show. What's fueling beer fueled? All right, Ryan, go ahead and start us off. What I'm drinking tonight is I'm going back old school, throwback, college days, the Miller High Life. Well, it's all blurry, too. Miller High Life. The high life of <laughs> That's the That's because we want to get sued by them. <laughs> <laughs> the computer is like, no, 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 dude. Not no, 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 no. Not We're today. not getting fucked with. We're not, yeah. Not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> Miller High Life. Oh yeah, going going back vintage, man. I I don't know. There's occasionally I just go on my Miller Highlight binge, you know, go off the IPAs and everything else, and go back to my stopping grounds where it all started at. Not a bad way to do it. All right, um, Dan and I, for the first time in a while, I'm doing something a little different than he is, but both of us are going to have the uh, the same thing on today. Uh, we're drinking. You did confirm yours is an A122 bottle, right? Yep. Okay. We're both drinking Larceny's Barrel Proof Batch A122. Larceny is a weeded bourbon put out by Heaven Hill, um, named after, well, as the story goes, Johnny Fitzgerald. Um, I believe he was a tax man, if I remember right. Um, so he had the keys to all the bonded warehouses and everything. He would go in and thief the best barrels that he could find. Um, so Larceny, that's the short version of where the name comes from. Heaven Hill has it all on their website. Um, batch A122 comes in at 124.4 proof. Uh, and what batch A122 means to decipher Heaven Hill barrel proof labor label, be it Larceny or Elijah Craig. A is your batch. So you have A, B, or C. Um, they do three batches of this year. The one is the month it's released. So you'll see one, five, or nine. Um, so January, May, or September, if you're looking for these, that's when they release them. 
and oh. then the last two digits are the year code. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I also have a side-by-side that I'm doing because I have two bottles of Larceny Barrel Proof. I also have the inaugural bottle of Larceny Barrel Proof, the first one they put out, the A120 batch. So, Yeah, I got mine. Uh, I was working at an event, and uh, our local Hy-Vee here in Springfield was doing a little bourbon raffle. By bourbon raffle, I mean by you get a ticket, they announce your ticket. It'll give you a chance to buy something sweet and special. Um, so I'm sitting there, you know, pouring people beer and you got to get my free ticket. So they read off my ticket. Morgan was there. Shout out to her boy, Morgan. He yeah, was beside me for a while until all the, you know, until all the super cool barrels were gone. And then he left. <laughs> Shortly after he left, I won mine. Or I, won, I won my shot at getting in and it was pretty cool. We had like six people around me win it. So I was like, I'm going to be like fucking good luck Chuck here. Like, I'm the only one that's not going to win nothing, but everyone else around me is. One guy won two things. Jesus. It's just ridiculous. But I got my chance. It was pretty pretty damn good, though. Go in there, win two. I didn't do anything special like that. I walked into Dean's down here in Collinsville. I was sitting on the <laughs> shelf behind the register, and I said, I want that. So I would have, uh, I would have preferred that, but <laughs> I mean... There was some other cool shit up there, you know. They had, you know, they had Antique 107. That was what I was really hoping for. They had Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Um, they had Old Fitz, uh, 18 year, I think. Yeah. No, seven, something like that. They had Elijah Craig 18. It was, I think it was Old Fitz, like maybe it's the same thing. But they had a 1994 vintage Evan Williams barrel or bottle. So that was pretty. There was some cool shit. That's I'm pretty sorry. awesome. I've got uh something else bourbon related for next week too. Gotta give uh I had some good stuff actually while I was down in Louisville. I'm sure. Um, just based on the pictures you sent us, it looked like you're having a blast the whole time. Yeah, that was some stuff yeah, I was. I was hanging out with the Bourbon Pursuit podcast and those guys are really cool, so All right. Um Let's start off with scumbags of the NFL, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of them apparently right now. <laughs> there are a lot of them right now. We're going to start with the biggest of the biggest of them. Uh, new allegations have surfaced against uh, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. 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 Um, he's had a 23rd and a 24th victim come forward. Uh, all massage therapists, all very similar in nature. This has now become, not that it wasn't before, a serial thing. Uh it was also released as part of, I believe, a New York Times investigation that uh, he had 66 individual massages and, massa- and massage therapists, 66 massage therapists, and the Texans provided him with facilities and non-disclosure agreements. So they was, aided and abetted. And then it was just announced here about five minutes ago that the legal team pursuing or the legal team representing all the Deshaun Watson victims are now suing the Houston Texans, which was, I think most of us assumed, you know, you know, after the news broke out, after the article was written that they were, you know, not only, not only a part of this or willingly knew about this, they helped them, you know, with this. And uh, there's been, there's more than just 24 people. There's there's 24 women on this lawsuit. There's been multiple women that have come forward who are not mm-hmm. part of the lawsuit. They just want to tell their story. Um, 
you know, I've been saying all along that I think he's going to get a year. This New York Times article, I think, has done enough to where he could get more. And he could get a lifetime ban with the chance to appeal after 12 months. Mm-hmm. They're a little more strict. That's, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, um, but I think that's on the table now to where, and, and it just goes to show, like, the Browns didn't know this. They're like, how the fuck are you going to put this much money into a person <laughs> and then not literally do your not due do your homework on this? Yeah. Like, at all. Like, it, it's, it's fucking embarrassing. And meanwhile, you, know, you put yourself uh, in a conundrum because the best quarterback your franchise has had in recent memory is now voluntarily excused from OTAs and sitting at home waiting to be traded. So they set the franchise back like another 10 years. Oh, easily. I I think the most hilarious part about this is it's obviously, you know, it's the Texans, you know, you know, people are praising them for what they got out of the deal from Cleveland. And with all this shit coming out on them, like I'm waiting for the penalties to come down. I fucking hope they lose every goddamn pick a part of that deal. So both franchises are set back. It's, you know, fucking Houston's a dog shit franchise anyways. Just, yeah. just doesn't, you know, feel that's super surprising. So speaking of Rusty Harden, Watson's attorney, uh, he does not believe this will alter the NFL's plan for punishment. And there's a good chance they make a decision, quote, you won't like, end quote. Yeah, I mean, he's, I, I hope he's, so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh man, it's cool. I got six weeks. It's it's fine. I mean, I've been here like multi year. I should be. No, no I, should I, be, yeah. I I fully agree. I think I still think a year, but I I really do believe that there's going to be a Calvin really type of um, wording in that suspension to where it's a he has a chance to be reinstated next year, which like means a could go minimum multi-year. a minimum one year. Yeah, a minimum. Yeah, at least one year. I think that's how they phrased it for him too. Was a, at least one year. I mean, like, how, like how do you like go into that now? It's like, you know, you tell Baker Mayfield, like, oh yeah, we're gonna pick up your fifth year option. Here you go. The next thing you know, you're like, oh yeah, don't worry, we're not gonna replace you. We're just having Deshaun Watson come in, and then you know you give Deshaun Watson this huge contract. All these allegations come out, and then you're like, hey, uh, Baker, remember that guy we were replacing you with? You think he can come back? A center texting him. Who's this? The number? Who's this? <laughs> Baker sitting on the couch eating popcorn in his bathrobe. Like, this is great. <laughs> He's wearing his progressive bathrobe. <laughs> He's like, I don't even give a fuck what happens now. This is just, this is too. At home with Baker yeah. Mayfield. At, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, like more power to him, man. I mean, like, the, the oh, thing about, like, I like Baker Mayfield a lot. Like, I'm a huge, like, fan of his. And I like it because you don't hear him say anything. You know, like he's been very quiet on this whole entire thing. He's not out in the public on it. It's he said he's all he's, in the shadow. He's been very consistent. Of, I'm not playing for you guys, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. I don't like. I've been a banker stand my the entire time. I love him, but well, I mean, I would if I would have <sighs> known that. I would have worn my Baker Mayfield jersey tonight. I got one upstairs. Except it's the Browns one, which means my wife's my wife buying me jerseys is now is is still cursed. Every jersey she's bought me, the player that she's got me of has changed teams. Every it's single one. Like besides, my, besides, uh, besides Tucker. It's like my wife so. with kickers that one year. <laughs> 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 Every kicker she played, they got hurt or they 
missed like six field goals. <laughs> or like, Dance Gavin dance concerts. Yeah. But that's uh, another ooh, story for another time. Dance. Yeah, well, hey, pit stop on the Dance Gavin dance. You saw this shit with Tillian, right? No. What, oh, no. Uh, the way that you phrase it. Yeah, I know. You already know what happened. Taking advantage of drunk girls. Oh. Um, they well, suspended him from the band, and then Coheed dropped him off their summer tour. And it's like the third Dance Gavin Dance concert she's bought tickets to that have been it's been canceled. Last time it was COVID. Oh Jesus! So. Well, I mean, I don't really listen to them anymore. So yeah, and, and uh, fuck Dylan. Apparently, apparently, shit. Anyway, um, we'll go to Jack Del Rio because that doesn't actually have on field consequences if you want to know about jack del rio's misdeeds go on twitter fuck that guy too. there's plenty Thank of discussion God. there about that he's just an idiot all right on to more of the news and the hype segments here so again uh, kind of a new thing we were doing we are kind of covering some coach speak this year just to as discussion starters and whether we're buying or selling or picking up what they're putting down you know a little bit more unstructured so Starting off, Cooper Cup, three-year extension with the LA Rams. He's the sixth highest paid. Wasn't about money for him. Um, keeps him there. He just turned 29, so that keeps him there through, I believe, his age 32 season, um, which for that type of player is essentially his prime. Maybe a couple, he may have a couple good years beyond that, but, you know, slot guy gets it done with route running with nuances, not necessarily raw athleticism. We've seen those guys play into their mid to late 30s. Um, but you know, this keeps him locked up with Stafford and McVay, which, you know, should mean that cup has that wide receiver one type of floor, at least for the next three seasons. So good. If you're in a championship window or entering a championship window, still not somebody you want to grab for a rebuild. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it makes him the six size played receivers played paid receiver now. Um, which I think is still a good deal. I mean, I mean, you know, Tyree Kill, Hopkins, are guys being paid more than him. Hopkins got his extension two years ago, so that made sense. But Adams, a guy like Hill, yeah, and then yeah, but Adams too. Um, this is a fantastic for the next at least two years. I, there's got to be it's just like you said with his skill set. He plays in the slot, one of the most dominating slot receivers, especially against zone that we may have ever seen with the right coach, the right quarterback. Um, I think he is I like, even if you're in a rebuild, like I'm not saying to go out and trade for him because you're going to pay way too much, but oh yeah, absolutely. that's why it's um, kind of the wrong move. If you're in a rebuild, if you have yeah, yeah. in a rebuild, you should probably look to, you know, flip that. Unless, like I said, you're entering a window. You've got some young players that, started to pop off a little bit last year and you project that you'll be in a window next year, then maybe you can justify it as a hold. But I would be looking to, uh, I'd be looking to try to acquire them. If I, if I, if I am in three in that, cause I still mm-hmm. think you're going to get the age discount, maybe not a whole lot. Um, and it, you know, obviously it's going to depend on league to league too. And from team to team, but I, I, well, I'm someone who would be actively looking for, if I need to upgrade at receiver, like this is going to look very good for the next two to three years. And and just like you said, he may be fits. He may be playing until his mid thirties. Well, if you know, if he keeps yeah. him in the slot. Yeah. His body's holding up well and everything. I mean, it's a, it's a great deal for the Rams. It, it just goes to show you the salary cap doesn't matter. Dude, that, and they just paid Darnold like two days ago. Donald, yeah, they gave him one of the like the highest extension for 
a D lineman ever. It, they're giving everybody these short term deals though. It's short term, high money contracts, yeah. and yeah. people seem to really like playing there. So, I mean, they just—I mean, it's L.A. It's Odell just, Beckham you know. just crashed Sean McVay's wedding, <laughs> like, right? And Rams have one of the best paths to go back to the Super Bowl. They get to play in the NFC. Like I would be—that's that—that'd be the one spot. Yeah, Rams. And it's funny too because my son's been like obsessed with Cooper Cup lately, all as of Sunday because they uh he that he had a football conditioning, and they were doing a scrimmage and the way he was juking, catching the ball and running with it, they're like they kept calling him Mini Cooper Cup. Oh, so that's pretty good. He's obsessed with it now. He's like, that's all he wants is Cooper Cup stuff. I want a Cooper Cup jersey. I want my hair done like his now. For what it's worth, <laughs> I have also been obsessed with Cooper Cup since the 2017 draft. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's been it's been it's been overshadowing. My uh, my love for him also. I can't I can't outshine uh, Cooper Cup's number one stand on our show. It's it's very difficult for me. I mean, I try every now and then, and, and when I try to be, you know, you know, fancy with my football analysis and tell you to fade him after his ACL injury, it just bites me. It just bites me in the ass anyway. So it doesn't matter. I I I, I am sorry, Cooper Cup. I will never ever ever doubt you. Ever again. That's a really good jumping off point, though, for fading people off of the ACL injuries. Saquon Barkley is trusting his knee again, so are we trusting Saquon Barkley again? He needs to keep his mouth quiet. I want, I want fucking third round Saquon Barkley. His ADP yeah. needs to stay <laughs> where it, it is. It needs to like, I'm paid. I'll pay first round. I just don't want to have to. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm all in. I'm all in with this. I was all in on him last year. I mean, I've always been on him ever since watching him play at Penn State. And, you know, I'm always thinking that ACL bounce back like he was going to have, like what Adrian Peterson had, and it didn't happen last season. So that cost me a lot of leagues last year because I was still reaching for him. But this year, it's just like the way he's going right now. It's like everyone just be quiet about it. Let him stay where he's at because he's going to be going in the beginning of the second round, I feel, by like August time. He's, uh, he's yeah. Yeah. You want, yeah. you want as much Barkley as you can get. Yeah. Uh, get him now if you can. And my thing for Barkley, it's like, I, I've said this, on, and I'll say it again, too. You have to have the appropriate expectations. I don't think we see rookie season Saquon again. Sophomore season Saquon, absolutely. And in today's NFL, that's still a top four back. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm all for it, especially if the ADP stays, you know, lower than the mid-first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm completely fine with that. Like if you want to, if you want to wait until, you know, the back end of the first, I, I, I'm probably in the same, it, like, I, like if I go look through. Yeah. I mean, I don't, know, I don't our think tiers, I can probably figure it out where I, I'd slot them. But. I don't think that you can ignore the risk of the last two seasons injured and the lack of explosiveness and everything entirely. I think you do have to build that in a little bit to where you like I him agree. at. Um, but it shouldn't be a reason to just shit on the guy, given the productivity he's, that he's had. He's not McCaffrey, because yeah. every time McCaffrey plays, all the dude does is just you right. know, twenty plus points per game. He, like, there's a reason why. There's a reason why McCaffrey's still my one hundred and one mm-hmm. uh, for redraft. So, hey, we'll, we'll get, get that. Getting McCaffrey and Barkley right now. Oh my gosh, could you imagine you that? Team think that? Out like that right, yeah. right. Oh, <laughs> boners everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to do? I'm just gonna draft two running backs. It's all I'm gonna fucking do. Yeah, and I'll and wait Cooper until like the yeah. Well, I can't get you know, good luck getting Cooper Cup and McCaffrey in the same uh, in the same team this year. <laughs> right. Um speaking of backs, I ended up with Saquon Barkley and Brees Hall, so I feel pretty good about that. 
Oh, and our kickers matter. Yeah. You guys like my trade for Justin Tucker? I <laughs> enjoyed the shit out of that. Yes. <laughs> I told I told Opera, I'm like, I'm trading. I will offer the dude. Well, I think I had a, a Bills kicker. I'm like, I'm offering him. And it was Brent. So, of course, he did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it was Brent. That it's, it's, it's what he gets for sniping me. Have Tyler Batty, or not Batty. Um, Tyler Bass in the fourth round. I have Tyler Batty on my practice squad. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're all in on Barkley with a little bit of risk built in, though. Yes. Yeah, like I love the like the additions they did the offensive line too. Yes, like, they're trying to bolster it and then build depth on it too at the same time. So that should also be a positive for Barkley because yeah, everyone's gonna look at it as like Devontae Booker being like you know well he did a lot better than Barkley did. But Barkley's just a different type of like player where he kind of like tries to see it and tries to make that play. Booker's where, just like, going downhill. Yeah, he just goes wherever the hole is. That's where I go. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, Sammy Watkins is going to be part of the Packers offense, which is a good thing because he plays wide receiver. If he was part of the defense, that might be a little weird. So he'll he'll have a healthy three week stretch. Get hurt. Uh, this is. I a- wouldn't be shocked if he, if he doesn't make the team. I will say that too. No, he's going to be part of the offense, though. I mean, don't say for how long. Some... He's just going to be part of the <laughs> offense. I mean, he's a part of it right now. So, I mean, it this could is, end tomorrow. Here is a lesson to remind you what coach speak you pay attention to and what coach speak you don't pay attention to, and you never take any of it as law. Uh, Pittsburgh and Najee Harris are discussing a reduced role on certain downs. This is coach speak you pay attention to because... Najee Harris outtouched the next closest guy. I think the stat that I saw was by like a hundred and some odd touches. Yeah. He had an 86% snap share to, I think Camaro was second at 66. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, so yeah, I believe that yes, they will because you can't consistently like, I don't think that this means there's going to be a dedicated third down back. I don't think that this means you're suddenly going to end up in a running back by committee. I think it means that he might end up closer to 70% snap share than he does 86. I think that it might mean that they're going to try to keep him fresh more, um, rotate in a little more, but I don't think you end up in any situation where you're hurting, you know, Najee Harris's volume where he's not going to be a true bell cow where, um, you know he's gonna end up find himself in an RBBC role or anything. No, I mean it, it's it, it's not the Pittsburgh way. It's not Mike Tomlin's way. It, it's he will be. He'll probably lead the league or at least be top three in opportunity share. He'll be top three in snaps. You know he is. I mean he his targets may go down because they'll actually have a mobile quarterback there and a guy who doesn't have an and a guy who has an arm that can throw the ball further than fifteen yards. So. His target volume may go down, but he's going to be fed the same way I think Tennessee fed uh, Derrick Henry and and what we all wish the Browns would feed Nick Chubb, which they may now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. We, yeah, we got a question in the chat, but we'll uh, we'll get to it after we finish up this con this uh, this combo about. No, go Najee. ahead and throw the question and, and that's all in right. the chat. I think we're done with that question about Najee. Unless Perfect. Ryan or Dan, you had anything else to add? I didn't. No. Oh, you guys nailed it. Anthony wants to know, given that Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback that Allen Robinson's ever played with, I think, outside of Blake Bortles. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, 
<laughs> Total joke. But uh, he's he's wondering, is Robinson set up for a monster season with the Rams? I don't know where you put monster season, but let's try to get some context. Let's let's try to put some numbers to this. I'll put some context around it. I think he's in line for, you know, a wide receiver 10 to 14 type of season. Mm-hmm. Um, that high end two back in one situation where you saw, you know, both Robert Woods and Cooper Cup or both in that offense, but with Jared Goff, where you saw both um, Brandon Cooks when he was there. Um you know, I, I, I think that that's a realistic expectation. There's still the chance that they sign Odell midseason uh, after his ACLs healed. Um, we dropped a, a little bit earlier a tidbit about Odell crashing McVay's wedding. Odell's expressed interest in wanting to come back there. Um, they definitely need the depth, um, as, you know, we saw last year in the playoffs when, when Odell went down. Um, you know, so, you know, they lost Woods and Odell so far. Robinson's a replacement for one of them. I, I think it's totally fair to expect a rebound to, to that back end wide receiver one status, which is kind of where he topped out. Yeah, so I'm on path of that. So Woods got off to a pretty slow start last year. Obviously, this was Stafford's first year. Um, you know, he came on late. I think he was a top 12 receiver before yeah, through that very, four or five weeks. That, that, he, he was, he was that five he week hurt. stretch. Yeah. yeah. From weeks five through nine, he posted, you know, three top 12 weeks and then one top 20 and then one top 40. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Robinson gets off to a little bit of a slow start as he just kind of gains, you know, gains the chemistry within the offense with, you know, with Stafford, um, you know, take, you know, just based on what type of passing volume that is expected to happen. Um I think he's absolutely in a spot to smash. Uh, I have to look at his ADP. Um, I don't know if he'll be wide receiver it one. It's like round I, six or something like that. Yeah. It was low. And, which is, I mean, that's about where high end wide receiver twos go, Yeah, you know, within their own offense. And so I think, I think Robinson's in line. I think he has top 12 upside every week. Um, there might be some down weeks because Cup's going to get his own. And, and it, it depends like you said, you know, when, when an F Beckham comes back to, so it, it's, uh, you're very com- You should be very comfortable taking Robinson this year. Oh yeah. Thank yeah. you for the question. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. He's definitely like one of the like, wide receiver I'm targeting. Like every draft I do. I have a hard time targeting him, but it's more of a style thing. Not because I don't think he'll be, he'll be good. I just, I tend to have an issue with, receivers especially as they age that rely on more you know speed and contested ball work and he's you know not a great separator and the hands aren't like the hands aren't elite I saw it a lot as a Bears fan that but in the Rams offense you can be guaranteed that he's going to be put in positions to succeed he doesn't have to be the separator because you have cup to do that he doesn't just have to be the guy and he's not going to be the only one drawing coverage, you know, uh, emergence of Darnell Mooney, notwithstanding is a, you know, kind of a downfield threat, but it's just a much better situation. You know, I don't have to love, I'm not in love with Allen Robinson. He's not a, a, my guy. He is somebody that I think realistically, like I said, your expectations can be that he's going to be on a high end two, a low end one. Um, you know, it's just not, there's risk that there actually is legit decline there. It's just not the type of player that I run after, but I, you know, 
I'm most likely wrong about that, and I'm okay with saying that. Yeah, it, it, like it, it depends on the type of role too. He's not a yak guy the way that Woods no. is and still kind of was. I mean, Woods dropped off this season or this past season pre-injury, and that's not that's never been Robinson's game. So it, it's going to come down to what type of uh, what his role is and you know what type of routes are going to have him run, and it, it, if he's going to be a lower volume guy than what maybe we think. And be used more along, you know, third downs in the red zone. You know, think maybe Anquan Bolton with Baltimore um, during that time where it's not going to be pretty every game, and it's but just going to be, be more of that. The floor be consistent. The floor is serviceable, and the ceiling is very good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great way to say it. And he signed through twenty twenty four too. He signed a three year, forty six and a half million dollar contract to go on top with with uh, Cooper Cup yeah. now. It just say these. They just keep printing money out there in LA. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they got to be structured weird. I mean, how much of that is front loaded? How much of that is void year type shit? Uh, so, void year is 2025, but they can take a 8.4 million dead cap in 2024. If they take a hit next year, dead cap next year is 26.4. They loaded it up year two. Yeah. 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 Year one and two is fully like is loaded because this year it's 30.75. Well, there'll be players that'll be falling off that too. So the money is all going to be there, obviously, and I'll add up. And uh, so you got you got a good two year run with Robertson, yeah, which is I think reasonable. He'll be thirty. He'll be thirty one. Yeah, he'll be about thirty one. Cooper Cup. Yeah. So right. Thank you for the question. Uh, Walmart bought the Denver Broncos. That's more fun than anything we need to talk about. Or, well, in the era of Walmart bought the Denver Broncos. Uh, Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson is focusing on route running and becoming a third down back. Any interest in trying to dissect how that Patriots backfield is going to land with the with Ramondre Stevenson, with Damian Harris, with the addition of Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris? And they re-signed James White. And they re-signed James White. Everything nope. you guys you, you guys just said everything. I just put it, like I just wrote an article. And I've been in the middle of writing it for sophomore and rookie wide uh, running backs, and I'm so far down on Ramondre Steven because of all the people, all the guys you just listed. It's just like it's such a clusterfuck backfield. You don't know what's really going to happen. You know, it's going to be Damian Harris and who else? And I was a little bit higher on Stevenson before the before the draft because he was falling into kind of a, you know, he had some receiving work, but more so was falling into like a a blunt type role to Damian Harris's Deion Lewis type role in that Patriots backfield. And you could see some similarities. He was really high up there and broken in between the tackle runs, yards after contact, broken tackle rate. I have to go pull all that up. Um, but cause I don't have the st- stats in front of me, but he's really high up there. And a lot of his efficiency metrics, like almost elite level in a lot of them. Um, well, he's, yeah, he's, contact, he's, uh, so, He's been mainly he's he's been in that above average zone, um, you know, twenty third in, in uh, true yards per carry, twenty sixth evaded tackles, twentieth in breakaway run rate, forty or um, thirty third in yards created, but he's fourth in juke rate. I mean, he has he has his role. He's gonna be product like he's gonna have production this year. He's gonna be fantasy viable this year. It's just I don't 
think some new stuff about his route running is going to expand his role. No, I don't either. Not with they, not as long as there's James no White reason does. for him to be involved in the passing game when you have James White, when you have you know Damian Harris, who were better college or Damian Harris was a better college producer as a receiver, and James White's been a very much proven receiver in the NFL out of the backfield. I just don't. I mean, maybe next year when Harris is gone. So, so if you want to buy the dip, if he starts out slow, I'm fine with that. So Stevenson, I didn't pull it up, by the way. It was third in yards after contact yards after contact per attempt behind just Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. And he was second in attempts per broken tackle behind only Javante Williams. So is that between the ta- between the tackle type of boulder type of runner? Yeah, and, and, and as long as in, as long as New England's offense takes a step forward in terms of being a scoring offense. That's where the true upside of Samuelson is. He'll probably be the yeah. primary goal line back again this year. Yeah, can I see a step up then with uh, the tight ends and Johnny Smith and uh, Hunter Henry? I think they're going to step up more. And then also you see the trade for Devontae Parker and then drafting Tyquan Thornton, which, you know, was a reach in the second round. But it looks like they're trying to shift more of the offense. I can see it more of it going trying to, to do the pass, but also more into the hands of Damian Harris. Where Ramondre Stevenson, I think he – hit this peak last year. So everyone's going to try to get him. And like you said, it was a dip, but mm-hmm. they could also try running Damian Harris into the ground this year, because after this year, he, he's done in new England. If they really want That's also to. very true. I, yeah. I I'll say this and I'll just put a bow on, on my thoughts. I don't want any part of this offense. I, I like, I don't, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not again, based on ADP, right? We don't hate players with ADP. It's based on where they're going. And, and, and maybe Stevenson's going double digits. And yeah, at that point, yes. If less there's some extreme clarity that somehow happens in training camp, I'm not for or, it. So, or some injuries, like yeah. if for well, whatever reason, guy gets suspended. What I meant certain. by clarity, but I wasn't yeah, going to yeah. put that out of the atmosphere. So, you're a lot nicer man than I am. <laughs> uh, Traylon Burks, some uh, some answers as to why he was struggling through some combine workouts and everything. Dude has asthma. Yeah, and he'll take his its brain. And we're about to come out of heavy, heavy pollen season. It was noted because of his struggles in in OTAs. So, no, no. It's one of those things that's like, it doesn't adjust or move the needle at all. Be aware of it if it becomes a problem or a story in training camp and some of the warmer months, months and everything to where, you know, that could have some impacts on, you know, snap count and things like that just to make sure he gets the proper rest and breathers and whatnot. But, Pay attention to it. Just make sure that there aren't issues with managing it. Yep. Plus, I like the overreaction theater because, you know, everything's just kicking off at the beginning of June. You know, we still have July and August still to go. So they still have plenty of time to get in football shape. So don't overreact to all these. I mean, we have plenty of time for all the all the amazing uh, uh, coach speak and, and, and very, very quiet new seasons where... <laughs> right. We're going to get it. We're going to get a lot of this, boys. It's going to be a lot of this. Will be a lot of this. Traylon, uh, wait, I already did that one. Jarvis Landry dominating OTAs. It's kind of a point of conversation. I'm not shocked at all. The no. Saints have a opening, we'll call it. Landry being looking better than every receiver because Michael Thomas isn't there and Chris Olave is a rookie. I mean, is anyone shocked? Like, it should have been Traquan Smith. Like, no, it's good. Of course, Landry is. He's one of the best. Should, it, should his value football. be higher than what it is? Right yeah. now, it's expected. I don't think it. I mean, what is his value though? Like, is he? I mean, you're, you're 
we don't know what type of volume this offense is going to produce. We don't know if there's no Sean Payton there. And we don't know if its office is going to go what it was more last year, pre Winston injury and, and just be really, really run heavy. Uh, yeah. One of the best defenses in football. It's a great defense. Oh yeah. And we don't know how long Camara is going to be out for with his suspension. If he gets suspended, he's going at the ten Oh five right behind Van Jefferson. I mean, that's yeah. He's behind, double digit round. Just go take your guy. Yeah. He's behind. He's immediately behind in the wide receiver. The three guys ahead of him are Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Van Jefferson. Three guys he's in front of, Christian Kirk, Corey Davis, and Kadarius Toney. I, I, like, I, know, I know we made fun of Christian Kirk's contract, but I, Kirk's going in a double digit. Like, they made yeah, him the highest paid receiver for like two weeks. Like <laughs> He's going to have a fucking role. Like, that's, that's crazy to me. Yeah, he's going right. No one wants any part of Christian Kurt on a very, what's going to be a very high pass volume Jags, Jags offense. Like, I don't think people understand just how much they're going to throw the football this year. I agree entirely. Look at that's so look at that. If you're looking for sleepers, we just gave you two. (laughs) That's that's that's, (laughs) really guys. We can't, we can't, like, we can't make Christian Kurt at least in the single digits where he he should be. Right. Like, it just seems like everyone's like Travis Etienne and out. Like they don't care about the Jacksonville Jaguars outside of that. They don't care about anybody out there. No. They made they made a lot of decent moves, you know, outside of you know keeping Trent Balky, but they brought in Doug Peterson, who did a lot of work, a lot of positive, and you know, with led an offense Wentz. where tight ends absolutely freaking eat, and brought in a guy who should have been an all star, but ended up in New York with with injury problems and Evan Ingram. Yeah, it's uh, this offense is uh, in a very very easily competitive and winnable uh, division. Oh, by the way, they're going to have to pass a lot. So I think, I think, I think, I think uh, Lawrence, I I think he was top 10 in attempts last year. Any of y'all remember Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns being a thing? (laughs) Oh Oh my God. Allen Hearns. Because of garbage garbage time. Uh, It's back. (laughs) We're back. And they got a good offensive line to go with it too. Yeah. Yes, they do. Jesus Christ. Christian uh, Kerr, 11th round. <laughs> per Justin Jefferson, the Vikings are moving away from the old-style offense and going to be spreading it out a little bit more, a little bit more Rams-like. Obviously, Justin Jefferson's value can't go much higher. Um, and, you know, Dalvin Cook's already pretty... Actually, Dalvin Cook seems to be a little faded. Relatively. Like in the second round? Like first he's no, first he's, he's probably going mid first still. He I would assume. Is PPR? I gotta think he's top six, top seven. He is the sixth back. He's behind McCaffrey, which makes sense. Harris, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Eckler's the one that doesn't make sense to me. Derrick Henry, why would you not? Why would you take Derrick Henry over Delvin Cook? And ADP, the common... ADP's the one or two, and he's a big back coming off of a foot injury. That's way too high. But yeah, and you just—he doesn't catch fucking passes. Like <laughs> again, what are we doing here? Take the upside of Delvin Cook when he's healthy. Yeah. It's a top three back in fantasy. Well, and not just that, but then who else? Right, Thielen is there sleeper value in Irv Smith? Like, what does it mean if the Vikings open it up more, Dan? It's going to be a lot more of what you see with the Rams. You're going to—I—I I didn't watch enough Rams football to know entirely, but. Lot should be a lot more volume, and I think Jefferson's going to assume maybe Cooper Cup's type of role. 
Um, maybe a lot more inside outside with him. Feeling's getting up there in HKJ Osborne's to find number three, but this offense funnels his targets to three people, really two receivers and a running back. Irv Smith may have a role, but the dude hasn't been healthy at all. And we have no clue where this new coaching staff stands with him. It's true. I th- so I, I, I'm not, he's, he's free. So there's no need to, you know, to, to say that he's going too high or anything, but Jefferson, in my opinion, is is the wide receiver one in redraft. I don't know if I take him over over McCaffrey, but I think there's an argument between him and Cup to go even ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, bold, bold, for, very bold for PPR leagues, and maybe I, even I, half points, and maybe even I, half points. I still can't stomach taking a wide receiver in the first round. I've done it once and it backfired on me like big time. Well, no you know, it's a big there. thing during because there's no during. depth at running back. But there's always depth at running back. It's just you don't know where the depth is, which is why zero RB is a thing. There's always depth. You just don't know where it is until people start to get hurt or people start riding hot hands. <laughs> I like the hero ball. You just take one running back and then you just load up on a receiver. Yeah, that one I wouldn't mind doing. Cause it's, 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 there's like, what, five or six bell cow running backs that are true bell cow running backs, and then outside of that, it's kind of just like a committee back, back to all the other running backs. Well, you know, you see DeAndre Swift's, what, a second-round pick? Yeah. I would yeah. I would have no problem going Jefferson Cup into the DeAndre Swift. I would think that's a fucking smash. Yep, 204. David Montgomery's going 208. Um, oh. Zeke Elliott down at 212. That dude makes in, in at line. The, makes it at the top of the third. Mixon's the top of the third. Look at an FF count. Yeah, three three. And, and you want to know why we <laughs> you can go wide receiver early, Ryan? Because you yeah, got yeah, you yeah, got yeah. Zeke. Because you got Swift two hundred four. You got Zeke back in the second, and you got Mixon top and Barkley. And, and Barkley. Barkley at the three ten. Boom. Oh yeah. I don't okay. even know if I want McCaffrey anymore. I'm just going receiver. I'm convinced now, Dan. You got me. I'm in. <laughs> that's right. nuts. We're I had right no now. clue. That's that's crazy, though. That's I can't believe it. We're gonna see a fucking running back renaissance. You're getting a top three running back upside in Barkley, top of the third, and Nixon, who's on one of the most you know pass heavy offenses in football. All in a Zeke rebounds at all. I don't expect him to, but at the same time, that's still too low for a previous elite top three back. So yeah, who's now hopefully fully healthy. Yeah. And they're missing, the, you know, some of their top weapons. So Zeke could get more involved in the past game. Indeed. Freaking nuts. Uh, Patrick is retired from the NFL after 17 seasons. So, goat. Goat. I want every team to sign him to a one-day contract so, he's, so we can all get a jersey of him on all of our favorite teams. Well, did he pay, play in like 28% of the league team anyway? 17 teams, I thought I saw. They released right. a word cloud. And he had 856 teammates in the word cloud <laughs> that he wanted to think. Fitzpatrick is uh, is the goal. Outside of the Fitzpatrick curse, like if he's your backup quarterback to starter at some point, it's getting hurt. Mm-hmm. But he went to Harvard too. He, he did. I had to get one more. Had to get one more of those in. One more of them in there. That man. I hope he. Hope he stays in football, whether it be as a coach or an announcer. Indeed, I I hope it's an announcer. We need his personality. Oh yeah, Especially him and Romo at the Buffalo at the Buffalo game. Yeah, <laughs> go replace Breeze. He just left to me. Oh saying. god, that's right. And Breeze wasn't very good. So he'll be fine. a studio guy. All right. Um, 
You want to do reviews now? Production meeting. Hold on. You want to do reviews now, or do you want to do them at the end of the show? How many do you have left, do you think? Six. Let's do them at the end of the show. Okay. All right. Rolling on. Uh, these are questions from the internet. So quite honestly, a little under the weather. Didn't feel like putting together a full show. We didn't. None of us. You did more work research. So than we did. I just went into a 47,000 person Facebook group that Ryan invited me to and uh, pulled some questions out of there that I felt like were worth discussing. So there's a couple of trades, a couple other things in here, a couple of things off Twitter. Um, didn't give anybody like credit for asking these questions, so sorry. Fuck em. All right, first one's a trade question. Uh, Antonio Gibson, Gerald Everett, and a 2021-102 for Najee Harrison, Evan Ingram. There was nothing else put in there as far as premium or or PPR or anything, so I'd just assume half PPR, no you premium. You just say a 2021 2022-102. Okay, I was like, how old is this question? It was today. They just haven't drafted yet. I'm guessing. You want to you read, read the players off again real quick? It was Gibson, Everett, and a 2022-102 for Najee Harris and Everett, Evan Ingram. Ooh. Yeah, if I'm getting Najee Harris, I think I'd take it. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get... Any Naja Harris levels of player at the 102, unless no. someone whiffs on Brees Hall. Right. But even Brees Hall, like, I wouldn't say is Naja Harris level either. I mean, I'd say his ceiling. I say, I say his it. ceiling is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd be fine moving away from Naja for, uh, for Brees Hall. But Evan, in, in Evan Ingram's upside is a lot higher than Gerald Everett's to me. I mean, they're both guys that are athletic that we want to like, but. I don't know. The Chargers are not going to be the same dumpster fire. I have a shit show bass offense or a shit show defense that's passing all the time. So, you know, yeah, that, that's actually pretty close. Um, I don't know. I think I'd probably be on the Harrison Ingram side. I think that ever that Ingram and Everett are both kind of upside tight end plays. Harris, I agree. Unless somebody whiffs on Brees Hall, exceeds whatever we're going to get at the one Oh two Gibson's just, He's an added piece, I guess. I think that is; those are the right players to trade Naj to trade for Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. You got Gibson, who's on a downward trajectory side, just given the move Washington's making. Well, I think they're bad moves. The coaching staff is clearly telling us something, right? And that and that Gibson isn't a full time, isn't going to be a full time running back. Um, Gerald Everett. And Evan Ingram are are just washed the same to me. Like yeah, it's a wash. It's a wash. But the one hundred two and Najee, I, I mean, that's that's a slam dunk. Like it's Najee here. Najee's yeah. I don't on think one hundred two. I, I don't and... think it's particularly close. I'd be very happy to upgrade Gibson and then one hundred two for Najee. I'd be very thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. I think going back the other way though, especially if you're you know, I think that. Gibson does help balance that out and keep it from being lopsided because I mean that is still like Ryan just said there's only six maybe eight bell cows in the league so when you get down to Gibson you've got a a top end what's right behind that right that's still potential for an RB1 to high end RB2 type of type of thing coming back your way and then if that 102 is Kenneth Walker you know you're still I think you're still relatively okay. This one was pretty even to me. I agree that I'd rather have the Harris side, but I don't think this one's that lopsided. Just, no. we could, 
like because I view the 102 as very much wide open. Like it's not like to me, it's not it, it's not Kenneth Walker to me, and it's not a slam dunk. Where the 102 compared to like through the 106 is relatively the same value to me. So like to me personally, I think it's a major upgrade to go from Gibson to Harris, where I can get the guaranteed touches, the guaranteed volume. I can get the guaranteed production, hopefully. Um, well, but it's not Gibson to Harris the way that I see this, right? If Evan, if Ingram and Everett are a wash and you throw them out of the deal, then it's Gibson to the 102 for, for Harris. So does the combination of the value from Gibson and either Drake London or Kenneth Walker or Traylon Burks I think I think it's Najee proper. Harris. I think it's yeah. a, I think it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you need like a wide receiver upgrade at the one oh two, because like Dan said, you know, between one oh two and one oh six, I mean it's a huge swall of players that you could have. Yeah. Between yeah. Burks, it, it, you know, it, all the way up. I mean, if you can find a way to change the one oh two to the one oh one, then <laughs> and like you know, take that trade and then move the one oh two up to the one oh one, then yeah, yeah, you'd probably so have to go to a different team to do that though. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that, but well, I'm just saying, like, maybe not after <laughs> the fact. But anyway, there's three team deals on sleeper. <laughs> there are. I don't know that I've seen very many happen. I've seen. I've are. seen two. I think play out in all my leagues. It, they don't seem very, very even. All right. Another trade question because you know one of the, the. By the way, reason that breaking down trades on the show makes sense, right? You might not have this exact trade scenario. But if you can hear us work through the process and work through how we break down that trade, if you're a newer dynasty player, if you're not familiar with evaluating picks or how to evaluate trade values, if you're one of the people that's asking the question of how do I evaluate this trade, hopefully listening to us break them down helps you understand the philosophy behind that. Uh, 10 team super flex Deshaun Watson for DJ Moore in a 2023 second, which is supposed to be early. Yeah. Okay. If, I get rid, if I get rid of Deshaun Watson right now, I'm I'm down for it. I, going I, on. Especially for DJ Moore, because DJ Moore is like an elite wide receiver without the touchdown. Without the quarterback. <laughs> Which could change next year. I I would be... He did just sign an extension. That second's early for 2023, too. Apparently. Well, apparently. Projected. Yeah, yeah. You know, in June, we can, we can expect this team to be terrible. I mean, yeah, with the assumption of what we know with Watson right now, where it could be year plus year, yeah, it's like it's like okay, you know, you already held him for one year. How much longer can you really hold him for? Hey, would, you, I'm good with that. He may never, he may never play again because if Cleveland voids his contract, who's going to take that? Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, I'm all for the DJ Moore side. Yeah, I get the allure of wanting the upside if Watson does potentially play. But the longer he sits, the less he's he's full. He's in football shape, older and older. There there isn't much of a window to where you're going to get something like this in return. And I think the longer you do hold out, the worse at this contract because you're gonna we're gonna start hearing more snippets because you're gonna start getting more and more and more of a push from the media and just from the fans in general of you know to the NFL to get them to make a decision on his suspension. So. I would smash accept that deal and then not look back, let somebody else, you know, take that off their hands. So Yeah, and your leagues may might give you flag for it because I mean look at him now. If we say everything's clear, he gets away with it. He's a top five quarterback, he does get rid of. But mm-hmm. with the the news we're hearing, it doesn't sound like it's gonna go that way. So Yeah, this is entirely kill. Yeah, this, this is entirely kill. Like this this he's gonna get fucking he's gonna get suspended. 
And I, I think you can take that risk. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, maybe try to get a 23 first instead, but, you know, I maybe ask for that. Maybe, you know, to put in the first in there and then throw in your third or second. If you can upgrade to the 21 first or, or to the 23 first, I would do that because then you get your chance at one of the top elite quarterbacks in next year's draft. So, sure. Yeah. Also, I mean, the other thing here too is right is was Watson. You know, did they hit on something, right? Was Watson expendable? Maybe you don't need it. Maybe you're just looking to upgrade wide receivers. So that's, that's where true. team structure comes into play, too. Because if Watson's just an expendable piece that may never play again and you need an upgraded wide receiver and you get a guy who has the elite potential at wide receiver, you know. I'm assuming this team isn't isn't going to be competitive. If you're trading for DJ Moore this year, you're not going to get... <laughs> You know, premium DJ Moore, and I think this like, one the, actually the offense had, issue. I'm sorry, go ahead. I think this one actually had screenshots in the comments too, but I'm not going to go back and find the post. No, fuck that. No, I think it's a deal. Like, if your team is not going to be competitive this year, and you can move for a potential elite receiver when all the you know chips fall in the right place for more. Yeah, but if you're trying to win now, more isn't the receiver. I think to target it because he's just he's not teed up to be a top flight option this year, at least for fantasy. Like it's like, you'll get the yards, but an offense is going to be so fucking bad that. Uh. See, but for me, if you're getting out of nothing to not get a top flight receiver, but to get a second flight receiver, right? Cause I'm, you know me, I'm, and I riff on this all the time. Everybody wants to pay attention to the elite tier, the top flight tiers and everything. And I'm a big proponent of it takes, you know, at least in dynasty, the top, you know, you're all of your starters plus the first half of your bench. So if you're taking somebody that may be nothing again and you're getting a solid wide receiver two out of it, I mean, that's still value to me. It doesn't always have to be. It's still, elite, yeah, no. So. I, oh, yeah. I agree. Like, he's going to, like, he'll get more points out of DJ Moore than, than Watson this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. As long as DJ Moore scores yeah. one, but you get to score one point <laughs> and tear his ACL, and that'll probably, that should be true. So, I mean, Reggie Bush got negative points, so <laughs> <laughs> nothing's guaranteed, unfortunately. Well, that's true. Who should the first three picks in PPR redraft be this year? And I just say we go around, I'll give our 101, I'll give our 102, I'll give our 103, and then we can discuss at the end of each pick. So, Ryan, we'll start with you. Who's your 101 this year? Who would I go with 101? I'd go Jonathan Taylor 101 still. Damn. Are we discussing it? Or are we just going We're all going to name it, and then we'll discuss. McCaffrey, okay. McCaffrey. I'm I'm on the I'm on the Taylor side here too, and I completely get the McCaffrey side of it uh, because the receiving upside is a lot higher, and the offense is going to run through him. Um, it's the health. It's the health over the last two years that is the built-in risk. That's the difference there. We know that the Colts' offense is going to run through Jonathan Taylor. Yes, something fluky can help happen, but there's not a track record of it. Um, I still think McCaffrey is the 102, not to telegraph what I'm going to say next. Um, and, you know, I think the one and two are pretty interchangeable for most people. Um, mm -hmm. It's McCaffrey's receiving upside that puts him there, but it's the injury risk that puts him below it. Yeah, and, and, and the reason I wouldn't is because of the landscape of running backs every year. It's always an injury toss-up. If McCaffrey wasn't putting up the numbers he does when he's healthy, then I would completely agree. Yeah. But if if in redraft, when you're playing against eleven other people, 
you you got to take like you got to try to go for the premium upside with the premium floor. And while I completely like there's no disagreement for me why someone would go Jonathan Taylor like I love myself from JT like he is probably the safest running back in terms of floor and production and just given what the expected volume is. But if, if McCaffrey's healthy, uh, it, it's there's, I don't see a way any other running back all scores. I'm just given the offense it's built to feature him and the same coaching staff that featured him in the few games. He was healthy last year. You're going to get the same thing. So it's, 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 it's almost guaranteed. He's just like you guys said, he's got to stay healthy and I'm willing to take that risk because it just makes the most sense to me. He has weak winning upside just to himself. I mean, he's yes. got, you know, 30 plus point potential. It's someone you want, you want, you have to take that chance on because of just what he can do. Because if you don't, then you're just giving that capability to someone else. Is yeah. he your 102, Ryan? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's my 102 yeah. as well. Yeah. I see. I would, this is where we differentiate because I would go Jefferson. Now, I would go for the elite wide receiver ups in, in full point PPR where, you're going to have an improvement and an increase in passing volume and hopefully just a better overall offensive scheme. I think Jefferson's set up to be to see potential Cooper cup upside from last year to where you're getting a very, you know, conversion of targets is, is going to just two or three players. Uh, Cousins is a very good quarterback. Uh, I mean, he's not, you know, Elite. I, I don't know if he's in, in Stafford's tier, but I think he's definitely good enough to make Jefferson a, 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 a bona fide top wide receiver one guy. And I'd be willing to take the risk of passing on JT for that in full point. So for me, I think it comes down to when you talk about weak winners and the parity at the running back position versus the parity at the wide receiver position. You're a little deeper at wide receiver for guys that have that elite potential than you are at than you are at running back. And, you know, to me, like I said, McCaffrey's my two, but I mean, Taylor being my one, it's kind of the same thing for both of those guys. You know, if they're on the field, they're league winning running backs that are studs with thirty point upside. You could say and there's not really any other running back here that's going to get you that other than those two. Even Najee Harris he doesn't have the explosiveness to do that. Um, you know, I get what you're saying with, with Jefferson, but Jamar Chase also has that. Uh, Devontae Adams, if he clicks, has that. Stefan Diggs out of Buffalo could potentially have that. There are other guys that, you know, you, I can just count more wide receivers that, have that potential upside to be the one than I can running backs. Now, that being said, Jefferson's my three. It was between him and Najee Harris, and <laughs> Justin Jefferson would be my three for that reason. I think that especially if they spread it out more, he's going to have a huge season. I just wouldn't take him over Taylor or CMC. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because, it, I mean, we just talked about the running backs that are going in the second and third, which would give me the relief to go with who I think is who could be, you know, finish as a tier of their own. The reason why I, I like a guy like Jamar Chase less to compete with T Higgins for that volume. He's so fucking good. Like I like I get where you guys are coming from from that too, where you're gonna be able to find that type of that type of upside. But we're talking about Swift in the second. We're talking about Zeke in the second, we're talking about Barkley, 
and uh, and Mixon in the third, you're talking about running backs who have similar upside to Jonathan Taylor, like maybe not the carry volume, but the touch volume. And we know that pass catching and that targets are worth more than carries, you know, when you, you know, factor it all up with a bunch of numbers and shit, but it, it, it's Taylor. There are games where he won't catch a single pass. Yes. He'll smash on the ground, but he'll need to have that, you know, four touchdown week to get him to that point where you get a guy like Mixon who ran the most routes as a running back last year, he catch, you know, five or six passes. He can hit that 20 mark, you know, that 20 point, 25 point threshold as well. And, and you're getting them in the third round. So, so it's, who, it's, uh, who is your three, Dan? John Taylor. <laughs> okay, great. So Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your three? I'm a- I'm gonna buck the trend here. I'm going Cooper Cup on this one. If we're going PPR, he was my, he he he, he, yeah. he would have been up there too. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. His season was so good that you don't go higher than that, and it's gonna be so hard to repeat that. I have a hard time like not fading that down to like the 105. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, like if you look at it, even if you like if you fade him a little bit, just say all right. So I think he's like, so good if you fade still him. Still really good. <laughs> he's yeah. so he's so really he's so he's, like. What you like? You knock down his stats a little bit. I think he still needs to be like a top five wide receiver either way. So he's yeah, top. He's top two. Top two or three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Jeffrey. Jefferson and Cup because mm-hmm. Chase, as we just said, still has to compete with Higgins. Higgins. There isn't like Devonte Adams moves yeah. teams. Stephon yeah. Diggs yeah. faded last year. Like there are, it's Cup and Jefferson. Tyreek Hill moved teams. CD yeah. Lamb faded last year a little bit down the stretch. Lamb's a slot receiver. If if they if they want to push him outside and give him the Cooper role, oh, he is elite <laughs> upside. But he's he's not Cup. Like Cup is a unicorn slot receiver. Like he's insane how good he is and how smart McVeigh is with using him. Like it's unbelievable. It's 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 the perfect two peas in the pot. Like it's those two. And he had at least. 10 targets in every game, but three and his low target mount. Was I mean, seven. he single-handedly won a championship for me last year. Like right? it was yeah. insane. Like someone who all said Camara on that team. I still found a way to, you know, to win the championship as a six or seven seed in this league because Cooper cup, took, Cooper cup, Cooper cup took me on like a, how many week undefeated street? I lost streak. I lost yeah. in late week one and didn't lose again until the second round of the playoffs. I mean, yeah. it's just nuts. I mean, like he had, you know, six games under 100 yards, but the games he had under 100 yards, 95, 96, 95, 92, 64. I mean, 96. I mean, like he was so close to 100 in those anyways. It's like, like he was right there. So even like in those 100-yard bonus. I mean, what had, could go down is is obviously touchdowns. I don't know how many he scored last year. Because obviously he scored 17 team. touchdowns. He had 16 touchdowns. See, I would expect that. Just to come down because you know touchdown rate, you can't you know you can't predict touchdowns. So, but, you, you but he's still he's still elite. I mean, you would think you can. I mean, I don't know if it'd be it'd be hard for me to predict ten touchdowns to any receiver just because of how unpredictable they are. But right. unless you're a guy like you know Jefferson, where he it, it's just him. It's not it's not Devonte Adams levels of it last year or two years ago, but it, it's pretty close. Yeah. That was a fun exercise. This is a fun exercise. A couple more for you. Woods, Bateman, and a 2023 second for George Kittle. He has Dawson Knox and we go wide receiver. 
Does it say if it's premium? No. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm, who is I, other tight ends? So the trade was Woods, Bateman, and a 2023 second on one side for George Kittle. The guy trading away Kittle also has Dawson Knox, but it needs wide receiver help. God, I can't believe. I mean, I love Bateman, but you think you would get one more solidified, one more, more concrete, like swap in Woods for like, if you get someone like maybe Marquise Brown or someone that, that, that has proven a little bit more, or at least has a little more track record. Woods just feels like a throw in almost because he's, he can't be worth, he's not, he can't be worth more than a third. Coming off of a tear, low value. Yeah, I mean he's, I mean he's, he's ahead of schedule, which is remarkable. Um, it's it's giving me shades of Emmanuel Sanders when you you know when he recovers so quickly from his Achilles at his age, but that feels very light for Kittle. Just, I mean, I expect Bateman to dominate or you know to break out, but like that's still a pipe that that's still a hope. He hasn't hit that yet. And you're giving up an elite. You know, tight end assets like that's right. And Dawson Knox mostly was touchdown upside, so you're betting on a yeah. I I would betting on a jump in target volume there. I need I need something with a little more uh, yeah, a little more consistency. Give me a little more for if if I can swap out Bateman and Woods and try to get somebody else more elite that I feel more comfortable with. Then yeah, I would. I mean, I'm fine. I'm like, I don't have any issues moving Kittle, but you you need you need something a little bit more. Plus, how do you guys feel with Kittle and Trey, like with Trey Lance being at the helm, if, if possible, if he's the QB one in week one? I mean, do you feel up? Do you feel down on it? Like, how do I feel about Mar- how do I feel about Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson at the helm? I mean, I think yeah. Kittle's. I think I'd feel a little bit worse about Debo, but I don't feel worse about K- Kittle. Okay. No, I, get it. no, yeah, I have, I, I absolutely it. love Kittle with, you know, with the rookie quarterback. It's a safety blanket. I hope that Kittle doesn't have to block as much. Now you have a more mobile quarterback. You can, you can let Kittle roll out more, you know, run more routes, you know, from that. If you can, you know, you have a very good offensive line out there in San Francisco. So I think Kittle is set up to be, I don't know if he'll be a value, but I think he's still set. I think he's set up to be a top three tight end. Like Mark Andrews, I'm fading a little bit because I think, his production was insane without Lamar Jackson and I expect that to come down a little bit because a lot of his his high end production games came with Tyler, came with Tyler Huntley and I think Bateman's more of a threat to the volume of targets than what than what Braun was sure but I still like Mark like I'm still like Mark Andrews it's just yeah all right, scoring conversation sleeper asks if a fantasy platform were to add the option for pass interference points what did they go to the quarterback, the wide receiver, or the quarterback and the wide receiver, or just one or the other? So first off, PI points in the league, good idea or bad idea. Second off, where do you allocate them? It's got to be low. You can't. It cannot be a lot of points. It's, it's got to be like kick returns. I think. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, not like kick returns. Almost like points per carry. Like you can't. I like, like the idea. One. I like the yeah yeah. I think point like. You can treat them like yards, I guess, but I may even go less than that. It just, and there's I would no allocate them. To they would have caught the ball. Yeah, that's but, why. Yeah, too, you right? got to allocate them to both because it comes down to, you know, who made the play. Right. A lot of times, pass interference is a heady play on the offense, but it's because the quarterback intentionally underthrew the ball, 
or the receiver stopped. And Good point. So I do think it's got to go to both. And my initial thought was that, yeah, you could time it up with yards, but I also agree that, yeah, maybe you don't want to because there's no guarantee they make that catch. I don't even know how much I like including it, honestly. I know that I've, I, cut, wouldn't include I know it. that I've cussed a lot, but most of the time, <laughs> if the catch is made, um, the penalty is declined. So. Just yeah, try it. I, just try it out one year. Just try it out this year and see if you like it. If not, then you just don't do it again. Well, next if they year. add it, we'll probably put it to a vote. But I, 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 I like the idea of more of it just being not based on yards, but based on the actual penalty. Well, you know, treat it like a catch. <laughs> if like not it, them catching the football, treat it, but as a just a a flat point total. Oh, not based so on like yards. a fumble. But yeah, positive. so say they say they get like a point. If they draw a pi, they get a point. And then if you want to go that way, you can go with just wide receiver. I still think you want to do both, but maybe, yeah, you just reward the quarterback and receiver with one point or something like that. Cause yards get really, really disgusting. Like you get a 30 yard, a 35 yard PI, you get three and a half points for that. Let's say if it's 0.1 per yard, I mean, that, that it feels like it's going to sway a lot of matchups for a play that may make no difference. It's, it could be fun. I mean, it's a fun idea. I think it's a fun idea for a low, low, low cost dynasty league. Maybe one with kickers. That's kind of what I was thinking too. If they add it, we'll vote on it. <laughs> or like in the best ball league where, you know, you don't have to try to predict who's going to draw like PIs. Cause if Tory Smith was still in the league, the dude drew like, he drew like two or three a game. All right. Darren Waller or George Kittle in best ball? George Kittle. I also tend to lead George Kittle. No, I, I don't think it's that close. Waller is a fade for me this year. Especially with Adams there now. Adams, Renfro. I don't know. I, I, I'll take the Waller side. Okay, I, I, I'm very... See, this is why we have a third. Thank you. I'm like, I don't agree with you at all, but I, I'm very right. glad you're here. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> like, I see it as like, you know, Devontae Adams kind of like, you know, he's going to pull more of the defense towards him in a way. It's like you can't guard both him and Waller at the same time. So someone's going to get open. And yeah, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. <laughs> yeah, then it's going to be Renfro. But when Renfro gets open, one of the other two are going to get open. I think I still think well, I mean, Waller's going to be efficient, but not as efficient as he was in recent. I just don't think he's going to get the. I don't think he's going to get the volume, and I don't think he's the same like one for one upside as Shores Kittle, especially I, especially after the catch. And it's that right there. I don't think he's dead at all. I just think that Kittle has higher upside week to week than what Waller will with Adams there and that Waller's going to settle more into like where we saw Pat Fryermuth and Dalton Schultz, maybe a little higher than that, but you know, in kind of a weird tweener role, but I, I think that's kind of where he lands. I just see the AFC West being like a freaking shootout, you know, conference there. Well, I, I completely agree. Like the AFC West division is you want as many pieces of that division as you can. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I guess I guess where is Waller going? I I have to imagine he's a fifth or sixth round pick in best ball. Um, maybe maybe he's a little lower. Kittle's but... the in the third round. Waller's in the fourth. Just looking at PPR. Yeah, I, I still would take apart. it over Waller. Pitts yeah, is in I the middle. I think they're gonna get similar target share, and I would just take the just a better overall player in Kittle. I don't think Waller. I think his role, like I have, we have no clue what his role is going to look like now with Adams. And Adams could just take everything away. Yeah, 
And they tried to yeah. move Waller this season too. I don't know where they view him in that long-term aspect and in the pecking order. Did they add any other receivers besides Adams? They traded Brian Edwards away. I know that. Did trade Edwards away. I don't know if they added anybody else. I don't think of any significant. I don't think they added And it's still Derek Carr throwing the football. Yeah, I'm looking right now. It's just Jones. Zay Jones isn't there either. He was the. He's in Jacksonville now. The other guy. So also overpaid. It is. What the hell am I looking at? It's got to be gross then. Like, who got it? Yeah, Keelan Cole's the. And Demarcus Robinson are the other two outside. Hey, Keelan Cole's still in the league. Good job, buddy. Outside of Renfro and Adams, it's Demarcus Robinson, Keelan Cole, Matt Collins. And Dylan. So Adams went from. He he joined a similar receiving core. <laughs> like it's I mean, no disrespect to Renfro, obviously, but that's pretty bad. That's that's rough. But should be a lot of volume. And the Raiders don't have a great defense. And you have you know two top five offenses in your division. And plus now, you know, Denver. So I don't. I don't hate your. I, I don't hate your point, Ryan. I don't. I, 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 I can is, see. I, I can see the scenario in which Waller outscores Kittle, both you know, with you know, given no game Smiths. Yeah, I. I just think uh, Waller will get more targets overall. You know, he could be pushing one twenty five, one thirty. Where he just doesn't do yards after the catch. That that's my one thing with him. He's not a yak guy compared to Kittle, and Kittle can. Yeah. He can house yeah. anything, and you get Trey Lance. You get more mobile. You get him rolling and moving. Um, I think Kittle is the one part of that receiving offense in San Francisco that I'm I don't have any problems taking. Like Debo, given his his ADP, I think I'm out on, and I think I ukes him and get oh, yeah, slammed on. I because I, I don't expect the passing volume to be heavy in a heavy you know mobile quarterback offense. I mean, look at Baltimore, look at Philly. Like you have two of the most mobile quarterbacks in football right now, taking away a lot of passing volume with their rushing. So. I think Lance is going to fall in the same boat. And I think Kittle is the one one constant there. Like, as Hopper pointed out earlier on in the show, Mark Andrews is with, with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But more upside, it's Kittle's elite. All right. Last question. This one's sure to be a little loaded. <laughs> Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance, who has the best chance of being a top five quarterback this season? Oh God! Top five? I don't think Hurt any of them. Hurt, Hurt, I think Hurts is. I think Hurts has Hurts, Fields, or Lance. Oh, I would yeah, take. I, I, I'd go Hurts, Lance, and Fields for me. If I had to rank I, them, I think Hurts. I think Hurts does for sure. Though, it ain't, it ain't Fields. It's not Fields. No, I, I don't just, think I it's think Lance. I'm on Hurts too. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a Trey Lance fan. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of him at all. But the way like Hurts was playing last year. Was like the first six weeks he was a QB one, yeah. In fantasy. So yeah, like, and, I, it, and then offense gets now. that offense gets better, more scoring opportunity. They don't use the running backs at the goal line. Hurts is big. He's what six two two thirty. Yep. Yeah. Like like he's a big quarterback that's going to take punishment. A better offense, a better defense. They're they're just going to run more plays. I think Hurts Hurts has top. I think Hurts is top three upside. Lance Lance has to hit. There has so much has to go right for Lance to get mm-hmm. to even top seven. Like his rushing floor will always keep him as a back in QB one. It's just no doubt. But the passing is what we is what I think will be what Hurts was last year. And Hurts was such an inconsistent thrower 
with a terrible receiving core. Lance always has a better receiving core, but they don't use the receivers in that you know true traditional way. So I just don't I think, think there's enough passing volume for him to to just get to just bump him up to top five. I think Lance and Fields are a lot closer to each other too than what Jalen Hurts is. I mean, just you know, with Fields, it's they haven't done enough to set him up for success. Yeah. With and he's got to show he can take some steps on his own. With Lance, we've seen literally nothing. It's all still based on what do we like about the upside and the rushing floor is there and the arm talent is there, but we have no idea how that's refined. And, you know, more often than not, that's going to lead to some growing pains, which again could put him on par with Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts, you're right. He was that the first part of last year. They did improve the offense around him and he goes into his second full season as a starter completely ingrained in that offense. Um, to show that he can take the next step. So if I'm putting a, a coin on it, it's it's Hurts. He's got the most to go right and the most to get there right now. Yeah. Lance Lance did a two top. He had a one top 10 finish last year. Obviously didn't play a lot of football last year. Um, I think the floor is there. It's just, I said, I just don't think he's going to reach. Not this year. I'm guessing year, that's a really story. small sample size too. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, he played, he started two games or three games last year. Like, yeah, of course. But, Again, that's all we have to go off of, of Lance. So, <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think he's closer to Fields this year, and Fields, I think, is a little undervalued. I think he'll take a step. I just don't think he's got enough around him yet. Not to be, not to be that high. Beer review. All right, and you were crushing some Miller High Life. Oh, yeah. The champagne of beers. What can I say? You have one, you have two, you have three, you have four. They all taste the same. They all go down the same. You know, just and where's the Blake Shelton? When I have one, I have 13. Yeah, right? Yeah. There the we more go. I drink. Yeah. The more I drink, the, 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 the same they taste. Elite son. Elite country son there. All right, Dan, let's go with this A122 review, and then I'll do the comparison to the 120. Okay. Let's get our sniffing. So both of these are hot on the nose. I definitely smelled Rick House when my nose first went into this, which is like a beautiful just smell of damp wood, but it's sweet. And that's what I get from the A20, the, the A122. Um, obviously, that's what I'm talking it. about is the 122. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I get um, go ahead. a lot of pepper, a lot of pepper. Obviously, you get the toasted vanilla on there um, as you kind of, you know, break through the heat, break through the ethanol. You can definitely, you can definitely, you know, get the richness from the barrel, which is within this nose. Definitely get some of the candied citrus notes, too, that come through with, with wheel. Yeah, so there's definitely I was wondering like what that smell was. That's a good one. oranges there. It starts off very uh, with a lot of confection. There's uh, definitely some nutmeg and some drying at the top of the tongue. It's not on the back end. It's very much forward. Eventually gives way into a little bit of uh, what I would describe as cinnamon and oak tannin, but a lot of baking spice at the front of the tongue before it rolls into a nice vanilla, caramely, like classic, just sweet bourbon type notes with, you know, wheat being sweet as it is. Um, 
The finish is long and it hangs out on the front of the tongue. And again, it's more just just cinnamon and bake, baking spice for me. Yeah, yeah, you get you get you know you get the pepper, you get that heat on on first sip. Sits on the tip of the tongue, sits in the back of the throat, especially the heat, especially the pepper for me. Oh yeah. Um, you get you get the sweetness, you get you get the rich malt, you get the the rich milk milky chocolate. I do get milk mixed chocolate. in with mm. mixed in with the vanilla that toastedness. Um. I haven't developed the the citrus taste to it just as at least as consistently. No, I, but I only got that on the nose. I didn't. Okay. I didn't get that. Didn't really pop out on the palate to me. That milk chocolate does come out on the on the back when when you roll it towards the back of your tongue, though. That's yeah, a good it, call it's, out. It's one of those. It's the lingering aftertaste. It's when you're licking the lips there after you've you've swallowed. Um, you get you get that you get that richness to it. So yeah. it's uh, it's a very classic Larceny barrel, and you get the heat to it with the bean barrel proof um yeah it does not drink below its class i will say that it does drink like it's 124 proof <laughs> it, it, it drinks very it drinks very hot so uh compare the a120 by the way this is world's better the a120 had a lot of uh a lot of heat a lot of ethanol on it um it was a little bit more oily which is not something i generally like in in bourbon i want it to coat my tongue i want it to be thicker a little bit more viscous Yeah, like in the interest of keeping it short, the character is still there in the A120, but the flavors aren't quite as nearly as pronounced, and the mouthfeel's not where I want it, and the proof shows itself more in the A120, and I think it might actually be lower proof. Yep, it is. The A120 is a proof point lower and drinks hotter. So, on that second, on that second sip of the A122, a little more apple. You spoke. You you spoke of cinnamon, so yeah, you get, I get a little bit of the apple, a little bit of the apple on there too. Ryan's like, huh, hipsters. Ryan, 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 are you taking notes? I expect you to answer our questions when we get off the air here. Where's my Jim Beam? <laughs> Upstairs. My Elijah Craig. I do Elijah. I got a bunch of that too. behind me. I, I know. I know. I know. I, I mine's on the ground. I just thought, you know, with you guys doing the whiskey or the bourbon, I was like, you know what? I'll keep the highlights going. Nah, that's a it. good call. Smart man. Yeah. That's why I did not go beer with this as well. I'm like, yeah, I have a, a long weekend ahead of me. I don't really want to start getting too crazy. I'm on, on cold night. meds. So I'm like making baby pours here. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be more. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be. Yeah. Hey, you guys have a better explanation <laughs> than me. And I'm just like, yeah, champagne and beer. Yeah. You're where I was when we started this, Ryan. If you you've been a fan of the show for a lot for a very long time, right? You tried following up as you can now witness following up Nick and Nick and really Chris giving their beer reviews. It's like it's really what more hard. can I say? Besides, it's good. It's it has cool. gotten better when we're it has gotten better when we're all not drinking the same thing though. It, yeah, it does. You can you know really, really you know feed into it more. I do I do kind of miss it, but. That's I do too, because if I don't like something, I don't have four others that I have to drink. <laughs> I do. All right, that's the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, for Ryan Miner, at Ryan Miner underscore FFB, because this is how it works now when we invite you to the show. You don't get to promote yourself. I just promote you for you. For at, just kidding. For at Beerfield Theory, I am at Beerfield Hop. I have an ED. Dan does not have an ED. Wait. 
I have an ED field. I do not have ED. That is F-U-E-L-E-D, by the way. Uh, way to slip in an erectile dysfunction comment there in the middle at the end of the show. Anybody got that. a Roman sponsor we can borrow? <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Kidding. Don't struggle in that area. Uh, FF face off on Twitter. Uh, and uh, at JLarky tweets because we like him too. Dan Ryan, any final words? No. Uh, until next time. FFaceoff.com. See ya. Damn it, I can't see where the outro drop is. I don't want to sit up. Hold on. Awkward. It's definitely the one I had highlighted. I was ready to go. I just didn't trust myself. Beautiful. But that's, that's what you guys do. Like, what do you guys do? Like...